This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? It's Tuesday, May 12th. And you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. And Chris, uh, it's not going to be a quiet week, is it? Because Monday started off with some fireworks that we've been waiting for for such a long time that we probably forgot that we are waiting for it. Zach Evans, five-star recruit, five-star running back, uh, who is probably the subject of the most insane craziest recruitment ever has finally landed on a school. He is going to be a TCU horned frog, or at least that's what we think for now. Who knows what could happen one day, but Chris, your reaction to the news. It's finally over. Um, This recruitment has been extremely crazy for going on a full calendar year. Now I remember this time last year, I was at North shore high school for kind of a sit down on who was then the number one overall player in the country. We talked for like 45 minutes. As we were leaving, Zach told me he was dropping his top five in like an hour. And I was like, oh, who's in it? And he told me I'm about to surprise some people because none of the Texas schools are in the uh, top five. And at that time, Texas was considered a leader along with Texas A&M. And from there, it's been just bananas. Uh, He's either been committed to silently or had a leader on six different occasions with six different schools. He signed with Georgia only to ask out of the NLI, like um, NLI about a week later. And uh, him ending up at TCU is a shock, but that's probably the only way this could have ended, just like kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, so Evans, Houston native, number 16 player in the 24-7 sports composite for the class of 2020. If you're just catching up on this, I think most people listening to the podcast know who Zach Evans is. They probably heard us talk about him before, but this is, as far as I can tell, the last, or of course, the most marquee holdout, but perhaps the last of all blue chip 2020 holdouts to make a decision. He, though, Chris, he was such, he was considered such, I don't want to say a mess because he's a kid. His recruitment was so topsy-turvy and the situation that he got himself into at North Shore, in which he was sent home from the state championship game, was such a bad reflection on him that it did impact how Evans fared in the final final ratings. He was ranked by 24-7 Sports as the number 33 player in the top 24-7. And that's just one one spot off the five-star rank uh, of 32. And that was honestly because of character concerns and because of red flag concerns. So he's a kid who's gotten a bit of a reputation as an enigma, I think that's well earned. He go ahead and, and you know you know him and and you guys used to sort of be on the Zach Evans beat, and I and you wrote a really great story on him on how this kid was. Good luck understanding him. Not a bad kid, but just good luck understanding him. And then he sort of went dark on you, Chris. He he kind of ghosted you, which happens in recruiting. 
especially kids of, of this high profile. And he has been the last few months almost missing in action. Yeah. And the fact that he's not a five star isn't any reflection on talent. He averaged for context. He played at North Shore High School, which is back-to-back state champions in Texas in the 6A level. Best team in the state. You could argue best team in the country uh, based on where they play. And he was averaging 13 yards a carry uh, for that team um, all season and throughout his kind of upperclassman years. So he is as good as it gets. He's been compared to Adrian Peterson out here since he was a sophomore in high school. And Adrian Peterson is considered kind of like a godlike recruit in Texas. He's right up there with Earl Campbell. So that shows you how highly people spoke of him. But yeah, like he's gotten this reputation as kind of a bad kid. I don't I don't know how correct that is. Um, I always found him really pleasant to speak to in person. He's really personable. He has a big smile. He's really nice. He always took his time to talk with you. He was harder to get on the phone, which is understandable as a recruit. And I, he didn't just ghost me. He ghosted everyone. His whole family kind of shut things down for a while from an information perspective. Um, Zach kept things very close to the vest. Um, the first time I spoke with him, he told me he was going to play the recruiting game with everybody. And I don't know if anybody has ever played the recruiting game quite as long as Zach Evans did. But I would say the thing people need to know about Zach that's pretty misunderstood is he kind of, most people have a guiding presence in their recruitment. Their parents kind of take a hold of it, give them kind of a direction to kind of shoot for some guidance, some conversation to kind of advise them in the situation. Zach didn't have that. His mom has told me on multiple occasions she tried to leave the recruitment to Zach, let him decide. Um, Zach has a couple brothers who factored in the recruitment early, but Zach kind of shoved them aside later, which is honestly probably a healthy thing. And he doesn't, his biological father's on the picture. And his grandfather, Albert, was kind of his guiding light for a really long time, but he died um, right before Zach's kind of junior season. And I still think that weighs pretty heavily on Zach. I think that lack of an influence weighs pretty heavily on what we've seen happen with Zach. And I, I know I'm probably gotten off subject of the original kind of question, but I think that's important context to consider. You heard a lot of people criticize Zach Evan during his process, and in some ways fairly so. But I really think the structure of TCU is going to do him some good once he gets there, because at the end of the day, he's an insane talent. Yeah, that's, that's a good, all good context. And Gary Patterson is a coach who's known for taking second chances on guys and giving the, them, them those second chances. He's a strict coach. He'll, he'll probably be a good influence for Zach Evans. I, it was crazy that TCU, you saw this last night, Jeremy Clark of our Horn Frog Blitz posted this on his board that this could be happening. And you're almost not surprised because especially with the pandemic and the shutdown, Zach Evans stood to really – really be in a tough spot because he he did drag his recruitment out past signing day and he had visits to Florida scheduled didn't didn't end up doing that cuz that hit like right when the the, Mar- the the March 12th weekend was was when all the the all the all the stuff hit the fan so that didn't happen to Florida Tennessee and Ole Miss had popped up on the radar a little bit before that right before signing day don't know if those were still available spots for him TCU was not a school that gets mentioned at all during the recruitment. And of course it's ironic because you had said he wanted to send a message, play the game, leave all Texas schools out of his top five. And and sure enough, he ends up at a Texas school, but it's not the Texas school anyone thought he would be at a year ago or two years ago when Texas was a lock. And then A&M was sort of the lock for Zach Evans after he gets out of his Georgia NLI. How do you think this TCU recruitment went down 
tell us, is this in stone? Because he's he's not signing an, an uh, sorry a letter of intent here, and I, sh- I, I to clear that up, I think I said NLI with Georgia, but he's not signing a letter of intent. Is he signing anything? Is he at TCU yet? What what what's the what's the the firmness of all this? Yeah, the interesting thing with all this is um, I spoke to his mom this morning and his mom did not know that Zach had signed anything and she was still under the impression she had to sign something. Um, she doesn't. Zach she doesn't. already signed his NIL with Georgia, NLI with Georgia. Those two acronyms are going to get confusing uh, with yeah. both these conversations going around. He signed his national letter of intent with Georgia and a prospect is only allowed to sign one national letter of intent per calendar year. So Zach is kind of free to do what he wants. Um, But what has happened is, according to Jeremy Clark, Zach has signed a financial aid agreement with TCU, and he was in an online class this morning. He was not in Fort Worth, and from what I understand, he's not actually in Texas, but he was in a class this morning on TCU's campus, at least virtually. So he's locked in that way. But in terms of um, actual like paperwork tying him down, it's just a financial aid agreement. So, I mean, with Zach Evans, you never know, but he seems to be pretty firmly locked into TCU at at this time if he was in a class. And given that um, the summer semester at a lot of places is starting right now or very soon, it's going to he's going to kind of run out of time to make any other decisions. So I think this one, at least for now, I would consider pretty firm. And I would add that TCU came into this recruiting process about a month ago. Um, things have changed so much. Like in December, LSU and Georgia were kind of the two teams leading for him. He asked that of that Georgia NLI. And in the ensuing months, Florida seemed like the leader for Zach. I understand that Auburn, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and TCU were kind of the teams that were talking to Zach most over the last um, kind of month. And for context, Tennessee, uh, <laughs> Tennessee, TCU, and um, Auburn weren't really in the mix at all last year at this time or kind of in the ensuing months. So that just kind of shows you how weird this recruitment got overall. I think he gets kind of lucky because he's still going to play power five football. That was probably always going to happen with a player of his ability, Chris, but you never know as, as this pandemic draws on and colleges fill their spots and what have you. So he gets to play power five football. He gets to stay in state, which could be good for him, right? It's I don't know if he has a situation in Houston where he might have people hangers on who he needs to get away from. I have no idea, but you know he he gets out of Houston, but he's still staying in the state of Texas, so he's in still some comfort level. And then I really do think the TCU program is going to be really good for him, and I also think he is going to step into a situation where he can make an immediate impact. I mean, this is the highest rated player TCU's ever signed. I think he's probably pretty good Vegas Vegas money that we're going to see some Ladainley and Tomlinson comparisons by, by, you know, come fall camp hype if we get a fall camp. But the TCU, they've graduated Darius Anderson. They've graduated Sewo Alanalua. Gary Patterson loves to run the ball. Zach Evans could be a, a breakout freshman star. Yeah, I think I think we always do these like all-impact teams or like impact freshman teams. If with Zach Evans' news out there right now, I'd put him at the top of the list. He's, I'm not saying he's a lock to start, but he's pretty freaking close. Like he's that talented. He's more talented than anybody on the roster. And given kind of the struggles we saw from Max Duggan at times last year, TCU has to run the ball to be successful offensively. 
And Zach is also a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield really well. He was asked to do a little bit of that at North Shore. Um, he's great in the open field. I think he's going to be a weapon that TCU is going to employ very quickly and to great effect. Because at the end of the day, he's he's an amazing running back talent. And if you put him on the field, especially given his quickness, I, for context, like he ran a 3.91 second shuttle in the 20 in the 20 yard shuttle. And I know probably people most people don't understand, but that's it's not historic, but it's pretty freaking close. Like the best running backs of the combine every year are going to be around a four second shuttle. So that just tells you like how quick Zach is in kind of short spaces and like how kind of fluid he is as a runner and how kind of quickly he can change direction. And as you said, like the structure point, there are very few programs run with the rigor of Gary Patterson's program. And it's done a lot of players a lot of good over the years. Um, he kind of kept them out of trouble. It's kind of a safe space. Gary's going to be really hard on you. I, I will say getting through this first year is going to be really important to Zach because this is going to be a really significant change for him in terms of how a program's run. But if he can do that, I think Zach is an all Big 12 type of player, maybe even next year. And I think if the offensive line is good, Zach is still a kid that we can look at as an All-American and a potential future first-round pick. I think all of that would, even the fact that we could think this is possible is a success story because, again, wasn't sure what was going to happen to him as the as the lockdown drags on. Wasn't sure if he was going to end up at a school that was a good fit for for him or sort of let him run wild. I know discipline has been an issue in the past. I don't know what under which circumstance he was not allowed to play in the state title game, but for that to happen, you would imagine it would be I don't think it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, Chris. I think he just had a disagreement with the head coach, but Gary Patterson, go ahead. The reported thing was essentially North Shore has a policy the night before the state championship game. You have to give up your cell phone kind of to get people to lock in and focus. And Zach refused to give up his cell phone. So he's at home. Yeah. That's some Tom Coughlin stuff, but you know, it's important. It'll be important for him at the college level to have Gary Patterson would at least enforce his rules, just like the North Shore coach did. And maybe it doesn't work in high school, but maybe in college, Zach Evans goes, okay, I think this rule is stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway, rather than I'm going to walk all over you. And because you, you go to a coach who doesn't run his program with the same direction or the same tightness, and you get away with a few things and you start thinking you're bigger than anything else. And that's re- where you get into the big trouble. Well, it, to be fair, like that wasn't the first time Zach got in trouble that season. He was suspended earlier in the year as well. I believe a disagreement on the field with the coaches that uh, I think had him set out two games. He also missed a half of a playoff game. So he could take his SAT, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but like it just kind of shows you that Zach was kind of up and down throughout the year and the coaches, they were trying to push back. But I think, when you're Gary Patterson, you certainly have a different level of influence over an 18-year-old and kind of a different level of authority. I also think we've seen Zach, I think this is key, we've seen Zach be really quiet the last four months, which is probably how it should have ended. And I think that alone kind of shows some maturity. I think had he kind of kept throwing out top fives, kept putting out emojis on Twitter, kept doing Instagram live videos from wherever he was trying to visit, I don't think that would have spoken too well to Zach, but I, I do think it shows a significant level of maturity for him to back off a little bit and allow this to finish quietly because like, he's not going to get away with this in college. I think we all know this, and I think he's pushing towards that right now, which is a good thing and a positive thing to see. All right, well, I assume you're going to keep digging on this and, and seeing what happened and, and reaching out to the family members and getting all these conflicting levels of of knowledge of where Zach is and what he's up to and and how this is going to go but 
we'll have you back on if if this hits another twist and turn. But hopefully, honestly, I love the content. But for for Zach Evans's sake, you know, I hope it's all quiet. Yeah. On the Western Front until until football season starts. So thanks for jumping on, Chris. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you appreciate what we're doing. Express your support with a five-star rating. Leave us a review of what you'd like to hear us talk about. Got a lot of really good reviews lately as far as good suggested content. We're going to follow those guidelines. And we we really do appreciate any five-star rating we can get. It helps us out a lot. So for Chris Hummer, thanks for coming on, Chris. For Tawny Levitt, our producer, I'm Trey Scott. We will see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.